let it rain. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You appreciate your pastor tonight. Appreciate Brother Louie too, don't we? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many is happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Well, John, bless you, buddy. Good to see you. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, if you would, tonight, chapter 5, verse 17. Hope you don't mind us reading these verses. I love them. The more I read them, the more I love them. Yeah. <clears throat> it's quite, a, quite an understanding, truly to be able to read it and know not only is it wonderful words, but it's an experience that we've had with the Lord Jesus. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ. So spirit was in word. God was in Christ. Spirit was in word. Remember Jesus said, If any man will obey my commandments, my Father and I will come and take up our abode in him. Amen. That's not two people. That's the spirit and the word living inside of you. Now notice he says, verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The word, again, made, the second English expression of it there, come to pass, become, be married to, or be preferred. Be preferred. So you have preferential treatment because God chose you. And this is why that we will be holy, acceptable, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight because we have been made to be that. This piece of material right here, it's a cotton blend, probably 80-20, something like that. That's what it feels like. It could have been made of tablecloth. It could have been made of handkerchief. Man's handkerchief is what it is. It could have been made of woman's handkerchief. Same weave would have made a shirt. Same type of weave could make all types of different things. But they rolled it out. Carol and I used to work at a factory many, many years ago. I worked in the shipping department. She wrote, worked in the sewing department. The shipping department was right near the spreading department. So I would stand there and watch those guys all day long lay out that material. And they would get done and it would be stacked, you know, depending on how many dozen they was going to cut. 
They had machines with big long knife blades, something about like this, two foot to 30 inches, layer after layer after layer after layer. Them guys did not matter to them what it was going to be made out of, did not matter to them at all. It didn't even matter. They would go back and roll it back and forth and back and forth. Had big, long tables, probably 75, 100 feet long. And they'd lay one lap, then another, then another, then another, then another, then another. Keep stacking it up higher and higher. But them was not the guys that actually cut it. They simply rolled it out. Then once they got it rolled out, according to the thickness of how many ply per dozen, they would come out and take this gigantic pattern. Now, the pattern was about 10 foot wide, 100 feet long, something like that. Then they'd lay the pattern down on top of all these stacks of material. And these guys would come in, and they'd start taking those intricate knives and cutting according to the pattern. That's election. God, by His grace, humanity was all spread out. But God laid the pattern, and it just, this was an arm this was a face, this was a cuff, this was a collar, this was a face, you know, facing going up or a band or whatever more. And them guys, them entertainers, they went out to, oh, we're laying out collars, uh, we're laying out facing, we're laying, no, they was not doing that. They was simply just laying material. And that's what the prophet says about the goods, foolish virgins and wise virgins. The goods simply laid out in the pattern in God's thinking. You was part of that and it fell right on you. Somebody right in your family might, oh, they may look like you. Their DNA is the same as yours. One's bride, other's foolish virgin. Because it don't go by family DNA. It goes by divine DNA. I'm just glad the pattern fell on me. And when the ministry of the word come of Malachi 4, it cut a lot of folks out. I've seen them guys take them things and bundle them up. And they'd take them and they'd send them over to the apartment where Carol was at. And they'd start wanting to do a collar, wanting to do a cuff. You know, we want to do this, that, and the other. And a lot of it, and where it wound up, in the garbage. Because it was cutoffs. It was too small. They would take every inch of that fabric that they could use. But a lot of it was trash. And I've seen them take out tons over the years that I worked there. And they would throw it away. It was not good. But God's grace let the bride pattern fall right on your life. Oh, you ought to be the happiest person in the world tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord Jesus, we so love you tonight. We're so grateful for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to live for you. God, when I think of us as far as what we are humanly, just to lay on the table would be quite a thing. I would watch those tractors and trailers that they would come in, and sometimes I'd have to unload them, and there would be fabric from Greer, South Carolina. There would be fabric from over in Raleigh and Winston-Salem and different Greensboro, the different uh, fabric places, and they would come in. Those rolls would be just uh, one color after another after another and different weaves and patterns and so on. And yet, to see them to be able to come out of there, you'd never know what the designer had in their mind. But to see as each plan would come together and then see as I would ship it out the door. And what amazing was... The shipping department was right next door to where the raw material came in. Many times they would use my dock as I would help unload that raw material. It come through the process. 
Then it was packaged. It was given a style number, a department number. Spiegel would order it. Alden's at that time, Beeline, Montgomery Ward, all them different ones. They'd give me the order. I would pick it. I would get the sizes, the colors, and so on, put it in a box, and it would go right out the exact same door. It come in as a roll of material, but it went out a finished product. Hallelujah. Lord, here we are in our journey. Lord, God, we maybe have strings attached to us and somebody missed a stitch on our life and we've got to go back and be redone. But Lord God, we're going to go out of this life one day. And when we do, Father, we're not going to come out, go out like a, just a roll of fabric, but we're going to go out as a finished work, the bride of Jesus Christ. Help us, I pray, Father. Speak to our hearts tonight, Lord, your word. We love you with all that's in us, Lord God, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Saints, you may be seated. Certainly nice to see each one of you tonight, so appreciate you coming. I'm sure that some people might wonder, is it really that important to understand such things that we've been talking about? About our God becoming a man does it really have that much significance and to understand it is in any different than any other theological subject that you would pick to look at and to try to understand but when you really look at it through prophetic eyes we know that the godhead is actually the greatest mystery of the Bible. It's actually the key to understanding everything else about the principles of God. And it's more than trying to understand how many there are in the Godhead. It's more than trying to understand even just the dispensation by which the fatherhood changed to sonship sonship changed to the Holy Ghost, but it lays in the principle of not trying to count how many is there, but understand that there's one person in the Godhead. Then you know that you're not counting how many people or how many beings are being reflected there, but you're studying one God who reveals himself in many aspects. I know that for some going to church, it's say, well, you know, I mean, I, I need to understand more about tests and trials, and I need to understand more about how to get more things in life, how I can be able to be a, a more blessed Christian, and I can be more blessed financially, have greater things in life. But actually, if we understand the key to revelation and understanding of who He is, and who we are, and what part we play in his program. Actually, every other thing that you'll need in your life's journey will become much more simple and easier for you to be able to get in your life once you understand those first basic principles. Because it's not like that God is this being that is so apart from who we are. He's not this being that is so 
actually so far away from where we are. He's not a being that is so far out of reach and out of touch and that he does not understand what we go through and what we feel. What we've been going through as a nation, as a world in the last couple of three months, our God is mindful of us. And we know this is certainly not the first virus or plague, if you wish to call it that, that has struck the human race. And we know according to the book of Revelation, this coronavirus is mild. And I don't say that lightly in that all the thousands of people that have died, our nation now nearing 100,000 or a little over that, that have died just in our own nation, which is so sad. It's, it's terrible. Several, several hundred thousand around the world with over five million that have been affected by it. That's just those that have had it. Much less businesses that have been closed and people's lives and things that'll never be the same again. But yet this is very mild, if I can say it that way, compared to the plagues that are going to come upon the earth once the bride is taken and those plagues are loosed under the vials. Remember, this that's happening on, on the coronavirus is still under the blood of the Lord Jesus covering the earth. If this could happen while the blood is still here, can you imagine what will happen when the blood is taken from the earth? When there is no more mercy? Not another Gentile will be saved. People will run to the rocks and the mountains. They will scream, fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of the Lamb? What happened to the mercy of the Lamb? What happened to the grace of the Lamb? He took his wife, and when he took his wife, Mercy went with her. This is mild, friends. This is mild. And I know it's been horrific. But this is nothing compared to what awaits our nation and our world. I'm glad there's a way made that we can leave and be out of here. But for those who will be left behind, for those that will be saved... And those who will give their life's blood for the cause of what they know is the cause of Christ, they will be hunted down like dogs. Their right to worship taken away. Many will sell out to the beast as it turns from his wife, the church, and goes into him, Satan. Now right now there's still mercy but once it moves from her to him, answering and coinciding with the bride, moving from her, the bride, to him, the lamb, then it moves into the final stage of the headship. So will Satan do the same thing once the bride is gone. There'll be no more Gentiles saved. Oh, people will think they're having a great revival because plagues will break out like's not been ever seen on the face of this earth. The time that Pharaoh and the Egyptians went through will be mild 
compared to what the book of Revelation declares. America has suffered many horrendous disasters. She's had many terrible earthquakes. She's had awful things to happen to her since her known existence. But what awaits our loved, beloved nation is horrific, horrendous. She's went through nothing compared to what awaits her. As I read and study, and you get a little glimpse of what Russia will send out a little bit every now and then to let us know. And she will send her fighter jets and allow them to be intercepted by her F-16s up near the Alaskan border. She'll send her jets in and the AWACS will come in up near Canada. They don't know what they're doing. They're only teasing. And oh, America will flex her muscles and she'll send out a few reports that we're going to get ready to try some new nuclear warheads and we're doing this, we're doing that. I believe they ought to do everything they do, can do to protect themselves, but no matter what they do, this nation will be destroyed. Because remember the last vision that the prophet saw. Now all of these folks that have left the message and that are trying to do everything they can to destroy the message and the effect of the message on the rest of our lives who believe it. Imagine one of these days when they wake up and they realize that the bride is gone. And they will come to a realization that all of their papers, all of their websites, all the interviews that they have made for television in Louisville, Kentucky, and the interviews that they have made with writers in Canada, all the things that they've tried to do and place their books on Amazon, to be able to get followers after themselves. And once they realize that this message was really the truth. Can you imagine what it will be? When our Lord Jesus sat over Jerusalem that day and the Bible tells us that he wept and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen doth gather her brood, but you would not. Now your house is left unto you desolate. And he said, there will come a time when there will not be one stone. Later as he walked with the disciples, as they gathered there, and Luke recorded it, there will be one stone that will be left upon another. Whenever you see it coming, he said, Pray that your flight will be not in the winter. Pray that it will not be on the Sabbath day, for then the gates will be locked. He gives the scenario, and he paints it, of course, for 70 AD. He also paints it for some time later, and then he spreads it out prophetically when it will come in the last day. I personally don't spend a whole lot of my time studying for what's going to go on in the tribulation period because it's not my future. I do spend more time studying on the body change and I spend more time on being ready for the body change 
because I have no plans, I have no preparation, I have given no thought to what it's going to be like to how to live a godly life in the tribulation period because that's not who I am. Well, praise the Lord. So to me, it is more relevant and it is more important to find out what my future is and the future of the majority of the people that I speak to around the world, which I believe are those that fit in the pattern of the wife part. Now, the Lord God let his runners lay out the fabric as it was, one after another after another, and he laid the pattern out, may I say it this way, for seven church ages. And they simply laid it out, and I would always marvel, relating back to the story a while ago, I would marvel as I would walk down through there and I would see how those patterns were turned. And they would do in every way to save, of course, every little bit of material. And there might be a sleeve here and, you know, maybe a facing there. And just amazing to look at it, how it would go. And they'd take the machines with that big knife and how those guys would be able to turn it about. And then you think how that God so sovereignly allowed his word to be laid out. He could have allowed you to live in the days of Noah, and you could have been one of the three sons of Noah. Or you sisters could have been one of the wives of Noah's sons. Or you could have been Luther's daughter-in-law, or Wesley's daughter-in-law. Or you could have been some of the early Pentecostal fathers, but God, by his grace, kept you for the last age. It is the worst of all of the ages that have ever been on the earth. There will be more falling away in this age than ever was. And there will be more light in this age than has ever been. It will be the age of contrast. It will be the age of people's rights. I, I, I. Me, me, me. Come on now, saints. And if we're not careful as church people, because we live in Laodicea, it's easy for us to still get under that Laodicean thing. Well, I don't think and I don't believe, well, what about me? How come I don't get to do this? And just remember, when you're talking all that stuff, you're talking typical Laodicean. Well, hallelujah. But whenever you study about, now if you're, if you're not bride and you're a foolish virgin, whoever more, then I would advise you to probably start, you know, maybe studying a little bit about the tribulation, how to fortify yourself, how to store up food, and how to do all this and that and the other. But if you feel like tonight the deposit inside of you is of one which is more heavenly and one more keen toward the body change, I would advise you to make preparation every day, every hour. Don't close your eyes at night until you fix everything with God. Don't treat anybody in another way other than the way God wants you to treat them. Is that right? Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't say anything. Don't be caught found doing nothing that the Lord Jesus wouldn't want you to do because his rapture, I believe, is imminent. I believe it could be this very moment. It could be tomorrow. It could be tomorrow night. Amen. So if we believe that, then I believe that there is a message then 
that will prepare us for that hour. So you may wonder why, why what, what makes Brother Donnie preach? What he, who is it that, that tells him? Where does he get the direction of going here and there and there? Well, first of all, I pray and I ask God and ask God to please give me the direction of that which is needful. A lot of times it's not even the direction that in my better judgment that I think it should go. But I learned a long time ago, unlike some of you that think that you make the perfect pastor of the church, well, I've been the pastor here for 33 years, and I don't think I'm the perfect pastor, and I don't think I ever will be, and I sure don't think you all will be. I figure there's only one perfect pastor of this church, and that's the Lord Jesus. So if I can somehow just submit myself to be the under-shepherd and allow him to give me inspiration to know what to feed you, that's the way I've learned how to operate. So in that, what I try to find is the food that is seasonal for what we're going through. Now sometimes, as I said, it doesn't even make sense to me to be going in a certain channel because you see the signs of the times where they are and you see the church people going through this and that. And I think, well, you know, maybe I should study on this and maybe I should study on that. And I try to go that way and every time I do, he just keeps pulling me back over here. So I'll try and say, well, I want to make sure. And I'll jump back over here and just like a magnet, I mean, I just right back over here. So you know what I do? I just, I just stay right there until he gets done with that series. And when he gets done, then I'm ready to move on. Now, if it goes to part 3,942, it really don't make no difference to me. As long as the brothers can figure out a way to put that long title on the CD, I'm fine with it. I just want to be in tune with what the Lord knows we need to hear. So I'm not sure what you think when you come to the house of God if preachers just get up and at random pick stuff. But myself, I, I try to be a spirit-led man, as I believe most of our brothers here are, and we want to be able to bring something to you that will help you. So when things are being preached, I'll say, well, no, that, that's not what I need. That's not what I need. I need this or that. You're pulling that through what you think. But the Father knows exactly what each one of us need. Now, you may think you need the preaching down where you are, but he said, no, you don't need that at all. He may want to do you the way he did Job, and Job was going through such horrific things, and God didn't come down and preach Job a, sickness, or a message on sickness or a message on miracles or a message on divine healing, but God come down and preached Job one of the greatest messages that's ever been on the Godhead. Where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted, for joy. So the message on the Godhead was not just about the first person of God himself, but it was also about the angels of God, which are part of the Godhead, and it was also about the sons of God, which are also a bigger picture of the part of the Godhead. Now there was something about Job hearing this about the greatness of God that helped finalize the last stage of where Job was. So God could have preached all kinds of things about healing and miracles and signs and wonders and in our mind would say well that's what Job needed no it wasn't Job needed a sermon on how great big God was how wonderful he was how mighty his exploits was how wonderful his majesty was so myself I learned from that example so I, I console myself with this whenever I see that God's leading me in a direction I think Lord that don't really make sense to me but I'm thinking you know what he's the preacher and I'm a dummy so let me just say for you all tonight you're just a dummy along with me, okay? 
Now some of y'all would never call yourself that and I know that, so I'll, I'll call you that for you, okay? Y'all just dummies. I mean, that's why God gave y'all the dummy. Pastor, now if y'all were just great, oh my great intelligent giant people and just absolute angels, God would have given you an angel, no doubt. But instead he gave you an old knuckle-headed preacher because I figure most of you are probably knuckle-headed people. And y'all need whooping sometimes. You need beating around. You need thrashing. Yeah, that's right. You need the hide took off of you, plumb down to where you think there ain't no hide left. And that's exactly how God matches us up. But we know then when he does that, he's doing it for our good. Amen? So when you sing of the power of the Godhead, it's not just looking up in heaven and trying to sort out how many is sitting on the throne. There's so much more into what we would call the Godhead. And the mystery of the Godhead is revealed by the personality of the one God in the Godhead. So there's not two people, there's not three people, but it's actually the manifestation of one God. Now watch how Brother Branham, when he deals with this and Christ is revealing his own word. He said to misinterpret Jesus in the form of God in a man. Now listen to this carefully. To misinterpret Jesus in the form of God in a man, you would make him one God out of three. Now watch, to misinterpret Jesus in the form of God in a man. To misinterpret Jesus in the form of God in a man. You would make him one God out of three. Now if you make Jesus lesser God, you've made him one out of three. Amen. If you make him becoming God later, becoming something that he was not, which some of our brothers do, then you have also added another person to the Godhead. Now listen to this, what he says. You would make him one God out of three to misinterpret Jesus Christ being the Word. Now watch, you misinterpret him. First of all, he said, in the form of God in a man, you would make him one God out of three. To misinterpret Jesus Christ being the word, you would make him one God out of three, or you would make him the second person in a Godhead. So to misinterpret Jesus Christ of being the word. Now if you make him a man only, then you are going to make him the second person of the Godhead. You've got to let him be the form of God in a man. And Jesus Christ, now notice he does not say Jesus, but Jesus Christ. So this is when the manifestation merges together, when heaven and earth embraced and kissed. That is Jesus Christ. The angel did not say, thou shalt call his name the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel did not say, thou shalt call his name Jesus Christ, but thou shalt call his name Jesus, right? Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Then he becomes Jesus Christ. Christ when? At the water baptism. So what is Christ? Christos, it is the anointed which is the Messiah. So he becomes the anointed word. Amen. Now watch, he said, and to do that. Now notice what he would do. Oh, you said, well, if a person just gets kind of gets mixed up in their Godhead doctrine, they can be right in every other aspect. Totally impossible. If you are messed up tonight in your understanding of the Godhead, let me just go ahead and tell you, you're messed up in other aspects. Oh, well, I've got everything else straightened out except for the Godhead. No, nope, you can't have it. You're messed up other ways too. Well, my, my. 
Notice to do that, you would mess the whole scripture up. So I ask you, is the Godhead important? Notice he said to do that, you would mess the whole scripture up and you'd never get nowhere. Can't you see why Satan wants to come back in our ranks and try to introduce the Lord Jesus as being less than God? Make him just a mere man and not even have angels? You say, Brother Donnie, in the message. Yes, in the message. Two lords, they call it. Well, they may want to. If they want to, mine's so big and mighty. I only need one myself. I really don't need to. You just don't understand, Brother Donnie. No, I correct you. It's you that don't understand. That's right. Notice this. Now he said, and to do that, you would mess the whole scripture up. You'd never get anywhere. So it must not be misinterpreted. And if you say that a certain thing, you put an interpretation to it and you apply it to another time or it's been applied to another time, you also make it an incorrect interpreting. So to apply and say that preachers only worked up to Brother Branham and then Brother Branham fulfilled all of the fivefold ministry ministry, you have just misapplied the word. You have misinterpreted the word when you take out pastors and teachers and evangelists and so on. You're misapplying the word and you have added to the very word of God, which means your name is taken from the book of life, unless you repent of that error. Notice again, he goes on to say, if anybody misinterpret Jesus Christ in the Bible of not being God himself. Now watch how important this really is. If anybody would misinterpret, he said, Jesus Christ in the Bible of not being God himself, making him the second person or one God out of three, this would have upset every word in the entire Bible. So notice the very firm foundation that the apostles began to build upon was what? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So they did not believe that he was a second person. No doubt it took them a while to be able to comprehend because Jesus spoke as it were and it seemed in a dual personality. Because part of the time it was Jesus the man speaking and part of the time it was the father. So it would have been very difficult, no doubt, to be able to comprehend it. But after the Holy Ghost came and the Holy Ghost dwelt in them, then the Spirit of God began to recall the scriptures and the things that Jesus said along with the prophecies and the Spirit of God made it known to them so that the doctrine could be established upon an apostolic foundation. Now if God would have chose, he could have chose 12 pastors. He could have chose 12 teachers. He could have chose 12 prophets, but he chose apostles. So our faith in the last day is to be restored back to what? The apostolic faith. So we cannot be restored back to the apostolic faith and not believe what the apostles taught. Praise the Lord. So Brother Branham did not come to take us away from the Bible, but simply help us to understand the Bible and return our hearts right back to the same Bible we packed under our arm for years and years. But just make it more real. Now notice this would upset every word in the entire Bible. It would break the first commandment. Oh my goodness. So to make Jesus the second person of the Godhead or an attribute of God's condescending that was less than God 
would break the first commandment. Notice this, thou shalt have no other God before me, all right? It would make the whole Christian race a bunch of pagan worshipers worshiping three different gods. You see what kind of Bible you'd have? Then it would make us what the Jews say we are. Which one of them gods is your God, see? So you can't. You mustn't interpret the Bible for Jesus himself said, Jesus himself is the interpretation of the Bible. And when he's made manifest in the age that the part of his body is being manifest. Now listen, if it's a hand age, notice the pattern come out over the material and the guys went through and cut out a hand. If it's a hand age, it must be a hand. It can't be a head age. If it's a voice age, well then, it can't be a foot age. See now, we're at the eye age. Now, the next is him himself to come seeing prophetic. So here it comes, start at the bottom, come right up, build right up to where, what was Pentecost? Tongue, lips, right up here, this part of the body. And what was the last? Malachi 4, the eyes. What's the last thing? The intelligence, the mind of Christ himself. Coming into what? Not the mind coming into the eyes. The mind coming into the body to quicken the body for the rapture and the resurrection. So this part of the age is not going back to Paul. Now don't get mad at me. This part of this age is not going back to just what Luther said or what Wesley said or what Pentecost said. And neither is it just staying with the eyes and just focusing on the eyes and God sent the eyes and praise God for the eyes and hallelujah for the eyes and praise God for the eyes and thank God for the eyes and glory to God for the eyes and hallelujah for the eyes. Well, thank God. But the intelligence, it's not the eyes that will bring the rapture. It is the intelligence or the mind of Christ coming into the body in the fullness for the rapture. Notice Revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the church age book. The Bible teaches that God was in Christ. The body was Jesus. In him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Nothing can be plainer than that. Mystery, yes, but actual truth. It can't be plainer. So if he wasn't three people then, he can't be three now. Now you imagine the Jews that read the entirety of the Old Testament and they did not see three whenever the Lord Jesus come on the earth and they begin to hear him talk about a son and they tried to understand it. They said this, this is contrary to what we've been taught. Now he's, he's doing this on purpose of course and he's not fully making himself known as he did to the woman at the well to let them know that it was him in the form of sonship. So you can see it would seem to the carnal mind that is, they would hear that, and you're, you're saying contrary to what the Word says. You know, so the Lord our God is one Lord. He ain't, he ain't an old man with a young boy. God having a son? Nonsense. God don't have no son, they said. How in the world could you be anything less than him? When the Messiah comes, it will be him. It was him. But he identified himself in an attribute that they did not know or understand. But that age was God revealing himself in the attribute of sonship. Amen. But not another person, the same person in another act. 
Amen. Notice this. Again, paragraph one, page 152, rather, in the Sumerian church age. Now then, here we're coming to a conclusion. As the eternal Logos God was manifest in the Son, and in Jesus dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that eternal one was the Father manifest in flesh. Praise God. And thereby gained the title of Son. Now, friends, let's just be honest. If it was not for the grace of God, there's no way we could comprehend such a thing. Why would he want to do such a thing? A son is less than a father. A son is a, is a, is a dwindling down, a breaking down of a father. Now, now we think of it genetically, and in order to have a son, in order to have a daughter, it must be the mixing of the chromosomes and the mixing of the DNA of a mother and a father. And when you have that, you have less of the father in the child because it's mixing with the mother. Why in the world would the eternal want to be a son? Why would he want to become lower than his angels? He these angels and he wanted to become lower than the angels and then take another step down and become lower than man and then take another step down and become a serpent on a pole and then say this is my crowning achievement this is the greatest thing I've ever done of all the great things I've accomplished I've never accomplished anything like this and we're saying really you know why? We don't understand greatness. We look to the top of the corporate ladder. We look to higher wages. We look to drawing more money, bigger this and bigger that and larger this. And that's not the way God looks at it. Let me read this again. Oh, and that eternal one was the Father made manifest in flesh and thereby gained the title. Now, in all reality, he could not be called son until he became son. Son of who? Himself. I do not have this ability. Neither do the rest of you men. We cannot do this. We cannot do this. If I fathered a son, it would not be in the same way that he was. But he fathered himself. And in this attribute of time called a human body, Amen. He gains this title which could not be gained in the realm of eternity. There's only one way to gain the title of son. He must become one. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the eternal one was the father made manifest in flesh and thereby gained the title son. Even so we. Wake up devil. Listen to this. Even so, we, eternal in his thoughts, in our turn, became the many-membered, spoken, word, seed. Hallelujah. Boy, that ought to make some of us shout a little bit. Spoken, word, seed, manifest in flesh. So before you was flesh, you was thought. Hallelujah, you were part of him. You look at this and think, this is the real me. This is not the real you. It's only an actor's garment. You come here to get your hair color, your eye color. You come here to get a character that you will take out 
of this world that has been grown into the very nature of God but you were in his sinking before there was ever a world and this is your turn oh y'all want your turn to come to church you want your turn to do this and your turn to do that brother here's your turn sisters here's your turn young people here's your turn this is your turn to be the word expressed take it I said take it this is your turn praise God well let me just tell you one thing the devil can't stop the true seed of God no more than he can stop God himself this is our turn praise God notice even so we eternal in his thoughts in our own turn become the many membered spoken spoken word seed before you was human you were spoken word seed before you were spoken word seed you were eternal fault you spend too much time on ancestry.com you spend too much time sending your spit off uncle so and so cross so and so and they crossed over I'm part Indian I'm, I'm part Cherokee I'm part this that and the other <laughs> There ain't nothing wrong with doing that so much unless you're just wallowing who you are there. Why don't you spend a little more time looking at the Word? Amen. You won't find it on Ancestry.com. They don't go back that far. Amen. They can't go back as far as what we're, we're, we're putting back, friends, here tonight. Way back farther than they, they can ever can be able to take you. Amen. We need to spend more time on the real us instead of focusing on oh, my family doing this and my great grandpa. They tell me it's amazing to me how folks years and years ago, if you had one speck of Indian blood in you, they laughed at you, they made fun of you, they ridiculed you. Isn't it amazing? So many of the Americans want Indian in them now. Politicians want Indian in them. This and one. Well, hallelujah. I'm a I'm a 164th Indian. Really? You sure don't look at yours pale as a sack of flour. What? Goods it done you. My goodness, we want to tie back to here. Oh, I, I go plumb back to Geronimo. I go, I go way farther back than Geronimo. I ain't nothing wrong with Geronimo, but brother, sister, we need to focus on what's going to get us out of here. What's going to get us out of here? It's going to take rapturing faith. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to read that part again. I liked it so well. We become the many members spoken word seed manifest in flesh. And those eternal thoughts now manifest in flesh are the sons of God. Even as we are so called, oh, everybody hang tight. We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed and therefore were reborn. For only the elect can be reborn. Now we're talking about it. Amen. Now we're talking about being brought back into the fellowship of God. We were lost. Yeah, the devil got me lost, but Jesus is going to get me home. The devil got me in a mess, but Jesus got me out. The devil got me in a fix, but Jesus Jesus is going to put me in a rapture. Hallelujah. That's the reason I can be reborn. Because I am one of those attributes of God. We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed. 
And therefore, we're reborn for only the elect can be reborn. Because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. And some of y'all want to know if you're bride or not. Every day of your life, you let the devil, you ain't Bible, it ain't even you know how. It ain't even you. You just need to take your hand and just smack him right in the mouth and say, get out of my face. I'm tired of your old stinking breath. You smell like smoke. Go on back down to hell where you belong. Get out of my face. I'm busy. I might want to have a spell here in a minute and you're going to get your toes chomped on, old devil. Leave me alone. Resist the devil, friend. Oh, the devil been talking to me all day. Well, I'll say shame on you for letting him talk to you all day long. Y'all to make him miserable. Y'all to have such an experience around you but I'm in pain I understand that I don't always feel good brother Donnie I understand that too but what's that got to do with the word of God the word says resist him and he'll flee from you some of us got a special seat in our car for the devil buckle up devil it's the law in Tennessee he started talking to me when I went to work when I was on lunch break. What are you doing having personal conversations with the devil? Some of you couldn't quote 10 quotes word for word. And you remember things the devil told you 40 years ago. We need to forget what he says and remember what God says. Oh, some of y'all are thinking this should have been preached to the Sunday morning people. Huh? They're streaming, don't worry, they're getting this. Praise God. Because we were seed. I didn't become seed when I got the Holy Ghost. I was seed. That's how come I could get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because we were seed is the reason we can be quickened in non-seed. There is nothing. 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 Too quicken. Can they believe? Sure. Can they be saved? Sure. Can they be Christians? Sure. But not quickened. So they'll cut their hair, they'll bob, you know, they'll do this and that and the other. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Well, go on, go on. Go right on. Maybe there's nothing in you to quicken. But a real child of God, you don't have to spend 57 years of your life trying to get them to understand. Don't cut your hair, sisters. Brothers, don't wear ungodly clothes and don't live like the world and act like the world. If they've got seed in them and the Spirit of God ever quickens that seed, oh, brother, they're gone. Hallelujah. That old mother eagle didn't spend 40 years going around and around the barnyard. She got older and older and older. And she got to where she said, Ah, son, I'm about to die. If you're going to come, you better hurry. As soon as he saw her, there was something. Well, praise God. Notice in the Philadelphian church age. If people can't see the truth of the Godhead, but fight it, they can't ever, ever see the rest of the truth. 
you show me somebody that's really messed up in their Godhead, I guarantee you, they're messed up in a lot of other doctrines. Can't keep from it. This is why I love hearing it preached with light. Because I, it won't just be the Godhead I'll understand more clearly. I'll understand election better. I'll understand grace better. I'll understand the foolish virgin and the wise virgin better. It helps me to understand the purpose of no eternal hell. It helps me understand so much more because as I understand the Godhead, it's his attributes I'm understanding. It's not just trying to count how many's up there. It's not just trying to figure out what how was this and when did this and was this before BC or was this AD? You know, AD? No, it, it, it's the personality of God. It's the attributes of who he is. And the more clearly I see him, the more clearly I understand his program and the more clearly I understand my part in the program notice this they can never see the rest of the truth because the revelation is Jesus Christ oh my goodness the Godhead the Godhead it's got to do with you they can never see the rest of the truth because the revelation is Jesus Christ in his, in his church and his works in the midst of the church for the seven church ages. Did you get that? You mean the Godhead has to do with the church ages. The Godhead has to do with the supernatural miracles and healing and all of his work in the church. Is it important, friends? Amen. Notice this, the Jehovah led us in church age. The Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. The New Testament does not reveal another God it is a further revelation of the one and same God. Christ did not come down to make himself known. Now listen to this very carefully. Christ did not come down to make himself known. He did not come to reveal the Son. Amen. He came to reveal and make known the Father. This is the purpose of sonship. Not to reveal the Son. You see, whenever we get it focused on us, that it's all about me, it's all about you, it's all about my gift and my singing and my... Best. No, no, no. Any gift is to reveal the Father. It's not to make us something. It's not to make us some kind of something or another. It's to reveal the Father. Jesus said, I, I don't do any of this stuff myself. I, I, I can't do it. I don't do it. And remember, that was his choice by kenosis, that he emptied all of that out. The very one who spoke all this into existence. And when he got here, he couldn't do any of that. He couldn't even see visions without the Father pulling him into the fourth dimension. Why? Not because he was lesser God, because he chose to empty himself out. He wanted to toil as a man. He wanted to toil as one of his brothers. He wanted to toil as one of his children. He wanted to feel the down feelings. Oh my. He wanted to feel frustrations and feel worried. He wanted to feel fear. He wanted to feel temptation. Praise God. Notice this. He came to reveal and make known the Father. He never talked about two gods. He talked about one God. And now in the last age, we have come back to the... 
Oh, the capstone revelation, is it? Really? Wow. So the capstone revelation is not the seven thunders. The capstone revelation is not two lords. Capstone revelation is not Brother Brown come back in a tent. That's not what he said. Praise the Lord. Now we've come back to the capstone revelation, the most important revelation of Godhead in the whole Bible. That is, Jesus is Say it with me. Jesus is God. He and the Father are one. There is one God, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. His name is not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's titles. I am a father. I am a son, I am a grandfather, I am an uncle, I'm all these different things, but that is not my name. Praise the Lord. That is not my name, and Jesus came to declare not even his own name, but the Father's name. You understand, Jesus was the manifestation of the Father's name. This is why I never had to say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. He was the Father's name. What was the word? Hebrew name, Shem. So the word name meant the traits and the characteristics that was identified with that name. So he didn't have to go around saying, and in the name of Jesus, my God, in the name of Jesus, my God, which was his father's name. But he just laid his hands on them because he was the manifestation of the name. Praise be to God. Can I go a little bit farther? Now watch this. So then God was in Christ. Now God become down in the invisible form. And we know it was the Shekinah that overshrouded the great presence. There's God had Moses to build the little tent of testimony. And the presence of God came down in representation in form of the Shekinah. English word Shekinah in the Hebrew. The Shekinah come down and it was there. But yet this was not the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It was a visible presence of the attribute of the eternal. Amen. And he was pleased to live there for many, many years. But then he moves from there and he moves inside of the temple. And he was pleased to be there for many years until their sin came. And then it drove the glory away. And then the glory of God came down in a baby. The word made flesh. And then this great presence of God merged into humanity when he was baptized in the river Jordan. And the spirit of God, God was in Christ. Notice Brother Bram says it this way. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The flesh part was man. The spirit was God. Jesus said, I can do nothing except my father shows me first. Now this is where a lot of folks in the message really struggle. Some of y'all could say amen with me. Oh boy, you'll just be amen to me at the top of your voice whenever I'm saying Jesus is God. When I say Jesus Christ. But when I go to showing you about the human part, you go to getting quiet and getting that funny looking little grin on your face. Now watch as Jesus said, I do nothing to the Father which is in me, shows me. He tells me what to do. So it wasn't Jesus that told the woman, it was the Father in him that told the woman. It wasn't Jesus that knowed who Simon Peter was. It was the Father that dwelt in him. 
Amen. Who knowed who Simon Peter was. Now this is the beginning of the new race. So which means that this is the first one. There's going to be more. There'll be millions of them that'll come after this one. So whatever God does in this one, God's going to do thereafter. So it was God using a human being. Uh, if you would have looked at him, it was not, you would not have seen Shekinah glory coming off of him and there would not have been great illuminated light and rays and so off coming off of his face. No. He would have been an ordinary man. You'd have walked right by him in the markets of Jerusalem and you would have seen him there and we stood there not long ago and they've dug down now exactly to where some of that pavement was in Roman times. And as I stood there, I thought, my goodness, think about it. The Lord Jesus, Peter, James, John, many of them men walked right down there on top of these Roman mosaics and these Roman stones right down 2,000 years ago. And if you and I would have bumped right into Jesus in that day, uh, we would have not seen angels hanging all around him and lights and all that. We would have just bumped right into, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. It just looked like any other person. The prophet said, you would have seen him, he'd have been like any ordinary man. And he said he wouldn't have looked like a God, but he was. <laughs> I don't look like I'm deity tonight, but I am. Now, that's my father that wants me to say that to you. My father, Don Reagan, wouldn't believe that. My father, Don Reagan, would never say that. And his son, Donnie, would never say that. But God's son, the Word, will say it. How can I deny being a human? How can I deny being the expression of my father? The older I get, the more I look like him. Brother Tim took a picture, sent a picture of a couple of years ago of my father, and then he put one of me right there by him. I thought, wow, I didn't realize how much I look like my daddy. The older I get, the more I look like him. Well, I hope y'all can say the same thing about my other papa. That the older I get in him, and the more I grow, and the more I feed on his word. Hallelujah. Ain't that what you want left to be your identity in this world? That you live like him, you talk like him. You walk out and people say, you act just like Jesus. You talk just like Jesus. You look like him. My, your behavior, you're just a chip off the old block. Praise. Uh, they don't call y'all angels, right? I mean, them kind that ride motorcycles, you know. <laughs> Notice this. So it wasn't Jesus that said to the woman at the well, you've had five husbands. Amen. It was the father. Amen. It wasn't Jesus, the body, the man, the human, that said, your name is Simon. Your daddy's name was Jonas. Amen. Can I bring it on down? Yes, sir. It was not William Marion Branham. They said, you've been to a doctor. You live on 57th East, such and such a street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Three steps that come up to the top of your door. I see you standing before your doctor, heavyset man, has on glasses. He was there three days ago. And then he come out and said, was that the truth? Was what he told you the truth? <laughs> that was not Brother Branham. So to make William Branham that person, you're Antichrist. Praise the Lord. To make my person the person of deity, Antichrist. To make your person the person of deity, Antichrist. To make your soul a part of deity, 
Christ. Look at the difference, the dividing line. Christ and Antichrist. When you move it over to the flesh, oh my, you've done wrong. Oh my goodness, friends, can't you see it? When you make the Son of Man William Branham, you're believing Antichrist. When you put the Son of Man in a Son of Man, then you've got the Christ. When you make the bride's flesh, hallelujah, the Godhead or deity, it's Antichrist. When you put the same Lord Jesus inside the bride's soul and make it the very same God that walked on the water that same Holy Ghost will change your body that's the anointed Christ can I have a few more minutes watch this the Lord Jesus himself was a tabernacle in which God dwelt in to manifest himself because he was a spirit he was a spirit Jesus wasn't eternal. Somebody grab the emergency kit. <laughs> Jesus wasn't eternal. God's eternal. Jesus now is eternal. <laughs> Because God has taken up a body. I hope you understand. One day, this will be said about us. Donnie wasn't eternal. But he has become eternal. Because God... The attribute of God that thought of Donnie took up a body. The body was born July the 9th, 1956. The unction of the Holy Ghost, a new life, came in the soul and quickened the body and led the body into the realm of eternity with a body change. Now Donnie is walking up and down on the new earth in a new body that will never die. Because Donnie, by that submitted life on the inside of him, led his mortal body to transcend time and step with that mortal body being changed into eternal life. Don't you see? That's what Jesus done. The body, the human part, that was not eternal. That had a beginning. Why, it had to, friend. God had to be able to suffer, and he can't do it in spirit form. Jesus wasn't eternal. God's eternal. Jesus now is eternal because God has taken up a body. I understand. I understand. If Brother Bam hadn't said this, I wouldn't believe it either. If I was sitting back there looking at you and you up here standing up here preaching and said some of you sisters, I wouldn't say it unto you if you was preaching. But if you was up here saying, no, I'll tell you one thing, I'd say, well, who are you to say all that? Well, Dave Johnson, I don't care what you have to say, but you know what? I'm not saying what Donnie Reagan said. I'm not saying what some other person said. I'm saying what Elijah said. Amen. Notice in spoken words, Rachel, see, we'll close here shortly. Christ means the anointed one, a man that was anointed so he kenosis himself and stepped out of the realm of the anointing and was born not anointed. So he lives all these years on the earth, 30 years 
not as the anointed one. <laughs> he was born Jesus, but he became Christ. I was born Donnie. I better go in here and finish this statement. Boy, some of y'all looking at me. Look, friends, don't let it stagger you. The bride is the anointed one of this hour. The prophet called us Messiahs. A man that was anointed and God dwelling in him, what was it? The germ, the germ with the flesh. The anointed one, flesh, being anointed with the Spirit of God, produced the Word of God, made manifest. So the germ, which is the Father, anoints the flesh, which is the Son, which produces what? The Word made manifest. That's the first one of the new race. So the germ, which is the Father, which comes inside your flesh, which produces the word of this hour that they cut out on the table of time. And what does it manifest? The Messiah. What are the, what are the rest of you going to say? I've got three amens and the rest of you are trying to figure it out. Huh? Amen. Oh me. Oh God help our pastor. Pray God will help you. I'm doing, I'm doing good right now. <laughs> Notice this, when the Word was in Christ, a man, a human man, expressing itself through him, that was God, the Word, in Christ, expressing himself. Identified Christ of all ages. And Jesus said that those who the Word came to was called gods, that was prophets. Now, not the man himself was God. No more than the body of Jesus Christ was God, he was a man, and God was veiled behind him. Friends, don't you see why Satan don't want you to see this? If you don't see it in him, you won't see yourself. You won't see yourself right. If you can see him, I know you're trying to take something from him. I'm not trying to take anything from him. I'm trying to show you what he took from himself. I'm not taking it from him. He chose to come this way. I'm simply trying to show you his way. Hallelujah. I did not take this from him, Brother Mark. I didn't take this from him, Brother Larry. I was not the one who kenosis him. I could not do that. He did it. I would have said, no, Lord. No, no, no. Don't, don't come that way. Don't come lower than angels. Don't stoop down, Lord. Don't, don't do it. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it, Lord. Please don't do it for me. Shows I'm dumb. Shows you're dumb. If you'd been standing there and watched him do it, you'd say, yeah, come on, Jesus, I'm worth it. Come on down and do it. You better believe it, I'm worth it. You'd have done the same as I would. You said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. So he didn't ask us. He told us. Amen. Praise God. Notice this in Hebrews 2. But one at a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? 
Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And didst set him over the works of thy hands. Now this is the original man. This is Adam. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that that he put all things in subjection under him, he hath left nothing that is not put under him. Now it's like, it's like Paul goes, goes to the Garden of Eden and then he goes to the new earth and then he comes back to present. So he picks up Adam here and he sees what he was when he was crowned. And he sees man again as he's recrowned. And then he comes back to the present with the crown gone. <laughs> but now we see not yet all things put under him. He just got through saying they were. Well, from where he was standing, looking at Adam, and then looking down here, they were. And then it's like the vision breaks from the fourth dimension. It comes back in time and said, but right now he's truly, he's truly not there. But we see Jesus. Jesus is God's answer to man's dilemma. So man was crowned with authority and glory. He could speak to the trees, to the plants, to the animals, to the winds, and they would obey him. When he's placed back positionally again in the last days, he'll be right back at that spot again. And then Paul jumps from here to there, and then he jumps back to here, and he looks and he sees, but, but now it, everything is not under him. But then the vision breaks and he moves from there and he, and he sees what? God's answer to man's dilemma. And he says, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus. Let me close with this. Who was made a little lower than the angels. Wow. Now this is the same thing that he says about man. But man, can you imagine God being made lower than angels? That would have been quite a condescending, would it? You imagine the angels standing there that and they said, Where are you going, Papa? He said, I'm gonna be made lower than you all are. Papa, no. How can you do that? Not only that, I'm gonna be made man. And then I'm gonna be made lower than the lowest man that ever lived on the earth. And the angel's trying to comprehend the grace of God. But Paul says, we see Jesus. Made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crown! Here we go! God's answer to man's dilemma. The crown is placed back not on an angelic head, not on a theophanic head, but a man. If God can find a man that he can recrown with glory, then all of man can be brought back. Praise God. Man controlled nature, he controlled all of that. We do good to control ourselves. When Jesus come on the earth, he controlled birds, he controlled donkeys, he controlled tame animals, domesticated animals, fish, 
told 153 fish at one time to get into a net and they just willingly jumped over and committed suicide. Just jumped in Peter and them's net. Peter, James, and John just run right to that net. They didn't have a bit of problem with it. I mean, one fish was a banker for a little while. You know fish don't eat money. I mean, my goodness, hey, and where are you going to eat? You ain't got no guts to be able to digest money. But that one little fish down there just looking around for something on the bottom to eat. And Jesus said, grab that right there. He said, really? So he just, it won't be, but just a little bit. You're just a safety deposit box. Okay, all right, all right, fine. So he just reached down, grabbed hold of that money. He told Peter, said, yeah, you're a fisherman. You got a hook and a line in your pocket. You always keep on there. You're a good fisherman. So go out there and said, man, you owe some taxes. The IRS, they're unforgiving, Peter. So go out there and get it. Go out there and go fishing. He said, really? Go fishing? He said, I'm going to sell it. No, it's going to be different this time. He goes out there and throws a little line out, pulls it in. Now that fish had that coin in his mouth. Where in the world did he do that? How did that happen? Jesus crowned with glory, controlling animate nature. You're going to go down there and you're going to find a coal. And you're going to find a foal of an ass. And I want you to bring it up. You're going to find one? There ain't never a man rode on it. It ain't been broke yet. But I'll break him in the first ride. Praise God. What was it? God found a man that he could crown. Let's stand. Praise be to God. Don't you love him, saints? Paul goes on to say, we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So Christ made lower than angels to become a man to take on human mortality, weakness, frailty. He allowed his body to age so rapidly that they looked at him and said, you're not yet 50 years old. He was just 31, 32, something like that. But he allowed himself to age so fast, gray in his beard, gray in his hair, no doubt wrinkles in his face and in his hands and whatever more. He allowed himself to feel age. And sickness. Why? For you. I don't care what you're going through tonight. I don't care how bad. You may think there's no way out. You say, nobody's ever been as low as I have. He's been lower than any person could ever go. None of us were ever this high. Now, can you imagine if you lived in a nice home, you had a nice car, and all of a sudden you got bankrupt. You lost everything. You went down from a really nice home and you're living in a, you know, just a, a shell of a house. And you have to go to Goodwill to buy your clothes. And I'm not saying anything against that now if you do that. Nothing wrong with that. And you just, you just, $150 car and it lasts you a week and you buy another. And you oh, what I once was, what I once was and what we are now. We have to rake and scrape to barely get by. That's not even a good comparison compared to what he was. The great eternal who spoke and the worlds come into existence. And that light that he spoke, let there be, it's still going. <laughs> it's still going. And yet he stooped down and become a little tiny baby. And a cry went from his mouth. Brother Bram called it that little toothless mouth. As it opened up and cried. Like any other baby. This time it wasn't 
speaking worlds into existence. It was wanting milk from a woman's body. You imagine Almighty God pulling warm milk from a woman's body. His little belly get hurting and get hungry and feel hunger pains. And he'd cry. He didn't speak bottles into existence, loaves of bread. But he became so dependent that he'd tell Mary, Mama, I'm hungry. Jesus, here's some bread. Here's some fish. Okay, Mama, thank you. Would you care to fix it for me? Fix it for me? This very same one in the beginning who created the stratosphere, the hemisphere, the atmosphere, all the things that man still to this day breaking into, but he became so dependent that he needed a woman to fix him a sandwich. Praise God. That's how much he loves you. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Lord Jesus, reconciliation through kenosis. You, the mighty one, the great eternal, the I am. And yet you condescended to such a place and separated yourself from your own greatness and allowed yourself to live in a space called time in a human body you left your omnipotence behind your omnipresence omnipresence knowing all things being everywhere you allowed yourself to go down into the pool of Siloam you didn't know why you were there you just felt led to go there. And you started walking around and you passed a little cripple boy, a little cripple girl, someone who was halt, someone who was blind. And then all of a sudden you saw it. In a vision, a man with prostate trouble. And you went over for him and you ministered to him. The people criticized you and laughed at you and said, how in the world could you walk by children that needed you so desperately and go pray for a man that this wasn't going to kill him? But you couldn't help that. You were led. You were led to the well at noonday. You didn't know why, maybe. All you knew was the Father had led you there. A woman comes out you just start talking to her and all of a sudden you break into the realm of vision. You didn't know what to say even. But out of your innermost being, the father said, go get your husband. Praise God. Lord Jesus, make it real to us. Help us to understand sometimes, Father, that in our hour of need, if we'll just let you the pulsation of faith from the Father will speak out of our lips 
this sickness is going to leave my body. Hallelujah. And we may say, oh my goodness, what did I say? Oh Lord, what, what, what did I say? Lord God, I believe those things would be more prevalent among us if we could only see who it is living inside of our hearts. And if we could let the Father have preeminence in our lives. Lord Jesus, we worship you, Lord God. We know, Lord, may the message followers want to give that power exclusively to Brother Brandon. Brother M tells us it was not even him that did it, but it was sovereignly given. Lord, when the Spirit of God come down and was knelt down, feeling so brokenhearted and so sad, been gone away from his wife there in the meeting. She was fixing to go to the doctor and they was going to have to perform surgery. And the Spirit of God come into the room where he was and said, it'll be as you have said. And he said, before the doctor ever touches her, it'll leave her. Glory to God. She climbs up on the table for the doctor. Glory to God to begin to begin the examination before the surgery. The doctor put his hands on her and Sister Meaty felt a wind come by. Praise God, praise God. And the doctor said, does it move? Didn't you say it was on this side? She said, well, yes. Miss Branham, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to explain it. But it's gone. It wasn't William Branham that said that. It was the Father. Oh, Father, we want to see you that real in us. Not that it'll glorify us. Not that we can brag about speaking this or that. Some of it, Lord, you may never even let us share it. But so the Father can be glorified. If the Son, Jesus Christ, did not come to express Himself, then it gives us a pretty good idea, the example we should follow. Then help us never to get off the beaten paths of less expressing us and more expressing You. We worship You tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for this time of letting us be together, Lord, as we've sat here and feasted upon your word. We've heard your attributes declared before us, Father. Reveal yourself to our hearts tonight, Lord, would you? Lord, we don't want to just look backwards and say, well, God did this and God used to do that. But Lord Jesus, we want to see you moving. Oh, Lamb of God, we need you like never before god how many i have lord on my heart that i'm praying for every day lord so many i don't know that i've ever heard so many sick and so many dealing with so many desperate situations but my god i believe that it simply allows or creates a spot where you can manifest yourself let us and our father become one Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus.
May we surrender our pride, our selfishness, our arrogance. May we trade it for humility. Submission, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. master and my savior Jesus like the fragrance after the rain hallelujah oh Jesus Jesus Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Let's just sing it together. Just worship him a little before we go. Jesus. Oh, just whisper his name. Whatever your needs are tonight, just whisper the name of Jesus. You need healing, you need deliverance. Speak his name. Speak it over your need. Speak it over your husband, your wife, your lost son. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we don't call the name of the church. We don't call the name of a prophet or a preacher. But we call the mighty name, the all-powerful, omnipotent name. After Just close our eyes and raise our hands. Let's just sing it together again now. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Oh, 
something about that name. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. It's not only the name of our God, the name of our King, the name of our Savior, but it's our family name. It's not a name that we just whisper and we talk about to us. It's not a name that's magical, like you would have a cantation or something that you would repeat some words. It's not magical. Actually, there's a power in that name. Hallelujah. Oh, how many times have you been in trouble and you called that name? How many times have you been sick when you called that name? Oh, you've heard me tell it before, but I feel to tell it again. That night when I was up in Michigan preaching, Brother Larry knows the pastor there well, used to be there. I was upstairs by myself. And I was awakened, as wide awake as I am right now. And I felt this strange presence in the room, and I looked at the end of the bed. And there was this creature, hooded and black. And his face was deep set in this shroud of a hood. And I pushed myself up on my hands in the bed. And I got up in the bed. And whenever I got up in the bed, I felt him as he got near the bed and he bumped the bed and the head, headboard of the bed hit the wall. He stuck his finger out like this. His fingers was real long and crooked, just terrifying. With a gargly type of voice, he said, I've come to take your life. I remember I wasn't in the message then, but I've already learned the power in the name of Jesus. So without taking my eyes off of him, I got up a little higher in the bed, but this time I'm sitting almost straight up in the bed. And I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. He bumped the bed one more time. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Go back to hell. And I watched him as he backed up. I said, in the name of Jesus, he backed up until he disappeared in the night. I don't mind telling you, this old boy cried like a baby. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. No matter what you're facing, friends, there's power. But Brother Donnie, you know what I'm going through? No, you're right, I don't. But I do know what power is in the name of Jesus. God bless you, Brother Lily. Come take the service. Trust you enjoyed the word tonight. God bless you, sons. God bless you. Love you so much, saints. I'm, I'm so sorry that we're... We're having to do all this group thing. Let's just pray that God will help us that we can be restored back to our church. I don't like this. You all don't like it. I know that. None of us likes it. But I'd rather have this than have nothing. But let's just pray it'll pass so we can get back to, to what we love as normal. God bless you. The deacon brother said y'all been doing really, really good trying to work with them. And remember... They're giving you these things. They're not the one making these rules. Our complaint department is in Nashville. It's called the governor's office. 
remember, we're not the ones calling this stipulation. So if you have complaints, contact the governor of Tennessee. Okay, we'll get you his address after church. And we'll be sure and get that. Because it's not me that's making these rules. It's not the Deacon Brothers that's making them. We're just trying to comply as best we can. Because we don't want to shut down again. We want to go up. God bless you. I love you all. incredible journey we took tonight church you appreciate the word of the Lord let's sing it just for a few minutes there is power in the name of Jesus yes there's power in the name of Jesus oh there is power Jesus, he'll break every chain, 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 break every chain. I want you to sing it now. There is power. Every chain, there's a bride, and she's rising up. There's a bride, oh, she's rising up. There's a bride, and we're rising up. He'll break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus, brethren. There's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's power. Sing it to him. Oh, there is power. Oh, he'll break every chain. Break every chain, 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 break every chain
every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh yes, there's power in the precious name of Jesus. There is power. Hallelujah. Oh, there's power. Oh, he'll break every chain. 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 chains oh they're falling I can see those chains they're falling hallelujah I can see those chains they're falling he'll break every chain he'll break every chain he'll break every chain break every chain Break every chain, break every chain. What a mighty God we're serving. What a mighty God we're serving. What a mighty God we're serving. He'll break every chain 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 god bless you till we meet again brethren if you'd like to come dismiss at this time praise the lord play it brother Hallelujah.